Hi there. Welcome to the City Diplomacy Student Podcast, Season 5, Episode 1. This podcast is brought to you by the course on City Diplomacy under the supervision of Dr. Lorenzo Kilgren Grandi for the 2023 spring semester at Sciences Po, Paris School of International Affairs. In this course, we explore the growing role of cities as key actors in the global stage and effective tools of diplomacy in different political, economic, and sociocultural contexts. My name is Stacey Belido, and together with my colleague, Alex, will be your host for today. In this podcast episode, we'll open up the discussion on the added value of international city networks. More specifically, let's talk about the city's coalition for digital rights. So Alex, why don't you tell us more about this? Well, we have established that cities themselves are powerful actors in international affairs. So what more a coalition of cities, right? So the Cities Coalition for Digital Rights, or the CC4DR, is a global network of cities committed to promote, protect, and uphold digital rights on a local and global scale. The coalition was created in 2018 as a joint initiative launched by Amsterdam, Barcelona, and New York City as a response to growing concerns about the impact of digital technologies on cities and their people. So the WC4DR is essentially a platform for cities to share experiences, best practices, and knowledge, and to develop collective solutions to common challenges related to digital rights. Thank you for that, Alice. And within that context of common digital challenges, it's interesting to see that we have these people-centered smart cities working together to solve them and actually tap on technological opportunities through city action and city-to-city collaboration. I can imagine that with the greater role that the internet plays today, there's also a greater need to integrate a human rights approach to our evolving digital world. Yes. Exactly, Stacey. The coalition believes that cities are actually the closest democratic institutions to the people, so a lot of importance is given to human rights principles and incorporating this in both the design and delivery of digital platforms, starting with locally built digital infrastructures and services. This is outlined further in detail in the coalition's official declaration. Why don't you briefly take us through it, Stacey? So according to the Declaration of Cities Coalition for Digital Rights, the coalition's work is grounded on the following principles. First, universal and equal access to the internet and digital literacy. Second, privacy, data protection, and security. Third, transparency, accountability, and non-discrimination of data, content, and algorithms. Fourth, participatory democracy, diversity, and inclusion. And lastly, open and ethical digital service standards. And these principles that you've just mentioned, these are exactly what drive the work of the coalition towards our goals. The WLC4DR aims for improved policies, laws, plans, and strategies for better open and ethical digital service standards at the city and global level improved access to affordable and accessible internet and digital services on equal terms, as well as the digital skills to make use of this access and overcome the digital divide. 
improved privacy and control over personal information through data protection in both physical and virtual places, an increased understanding of the technological, algorithmic, and artificial intelligence systems that impact their lives, and the ability to question and change unfair, biased, or discriminatory systems, and an improved representation on the internet, and collectively engaging with cities through open, participatory, and transparent opportunities to shape the technologies designed for them, including managing digital infrastructures and data at the common good. good. So members of the coalition have the responsibility to define their own technological infrastructures, services, and agenda to ensure that they live up to these goals and principles. And to help them in doing so, the CC4DR is also supported by several partners in its mission. So reinforcing its international role are partners which include the UN Human Settlements Program, or Human Habitat, EuroCities, and the United Cities and Local Governments, or UCLG. Now, we more or less have a clear background on the purpose of why this coalition exists. But can you tell us more about the activities that the CC4DR initiates or takes part in? I know that the coalition creates working groups to regularly monitor and report on progress around each of its five principles and share best practices among local and regional government leaders, as well as other stakeholders. But what about other work being done by the coalition? Well, a lot of capacity building and awareness raising work is being done around digital rights and improving digital environments. For example, the coalition provides a toolkit consolidating city initiatives on digital rights. It has initiated data sharing platforms and projects, conducted digital rights workshops, and also collaborated with cities and countries in defining or drafting policy documents on digital rights, as what has been done with Spain and Brussels. They also provide these training and resources to cities on digital rights issues, build partnerships with other organizations and networks working on digital rights, and they also aim to influence national and international policy on digital rights through advocacy and lobbying efforts. Are you familiar with the coalition's main flagship projects? Yes. In fact, the WC4DR the has two. So the first will be the Digital Rights Governance Project, and this one actually has two main components, a Digital Rights Governance Framework and a Digital Rights Help Desk. The framework is a normative yet pragmatic approach for implementing digital rights at the city level and includes the foundations, structures, and tools necessary for rights-based governance of digital municipal services. On the other hand, the Help Desk provides technical advice, support, and capacity building for pilot cities, such as Brussels, Dublin, Sofia, and Tirana, to address the ethical and digital rights aspect of their local digital strategies. The project's ultimate goal is to ensure that human rights in the digital space are taken into account and become as evident as universal, universal human rights. Yes, precisely. And on top of that project, the coalition also works on the Global Observatory of Urban Artificial Intelligence, which is a joint initiative of uh, Barcelona Center for International Affairs and the cities of Barcelona, Amsterdam, and London, with the support of UN Habitat. 
So this project aims to fill the gap in the lack of consensus and research on AI initiatives by contributing to the development of standards and promoting ethical artificial intelligence systems in cities. So the project has an atlas of urban AI, which is a crowdsourced repository of AI initiatives worldwide aligned with the observatory's ethical principles. The Atlas also recognizes the efforts of automation and digitalization in cities and provides information such as location, population, GDP per capita, and more about each project. Well, it seems to me that this kind of work requires a real collective effort from both its partners and members. I believe that the coalition has expanded, expanded since its creation, no? And as of 2023, it is now a global ad alliance of 56 cities worldwide. So we have Amsterdam, Barcelona, Berlin, Paris, Toronto. Can you sit some more, Stacy? So there's also Sao Paulo, Athens, Amman, Guadalajara, Los Angeles, among many others as well. So the current coalition includes cities from Europe, the Americas, the Middle East, and Asia Pacific. Thus, the coalition is a global network with member cities from various regions of the world. It's governed by a steering committee made up of representatives from member cities. And the committee is responsible for setting the direction and priorities of the coalition and overseeing its activities. Regarding the economic dimension, uh, the funding for the coalition comes from a variety of sources, including membership fees, grants, and donations. But what does it take to be a member? You see, the coalition is actually looking to recruit other cities to become a member. To join, there is a checklist of digital rights actions required, which includes institutional measures and principle-based work all surrounding digital rights, with the ideas that cities applying are committing to uphold the coalition's declaration. The endorsement process also requires existing initiatives and future plans to be laid out. And guess what? Even individual citizens can sign a petition to request that their city, city government councils join the coalition and commit to protecting and upholding digital human rights. That's amazing, Alex. And uh, diving deeper into what the coalition is about, we can say that it definitely succeeds in bringing together cities from around the world with a common objective. By working together, cities can have a greater impact on digital rights issues, leveraging the collective strength and resources of the group to achieve their objectives. So its key strength is that it gathers active and influential cities in one platform to share tools, best practices, technological know-how and resources, and makes their actions more efficient, coordinated, and impactful on the international level. So they can better confront ideas, uh, technological tools, and city models to design creative and sustainable solutions. And additionally, they also gain credibility when advocating to change legislation on digital rights. So it ensures that the perspectives of cities are considered in these discussions. And finally, the model of the coalition's network itself also helps strengthen the global movement for digital rights by building partnerships with other organizations and networks working on these issues. I completely agree with you, Stacy. In line with that, one of the coalition's strengths is also that its membership is open to any city, regardless of its size and geographical area, 
It's more about how committed the cities are to promoting and protecting digital rights, which make the procedure to join this organization easy and inclusive. There is also a wide engagement of stakeholders involved with local, regional, and international partners that can advocate for digital rights at different levels. In other words, strong public-private people partnership. On top of that, the coalition does not only pr promote the digital rights of citizens, but also of residents and visitors in cities and urban, urban environments to ensure fair, inclusive, accessible, and affordable non-discriminatory digital environments. Taking a closer look, however, also shows that this strength can turn out to be a weakness as well. Indeed, given the global nature of the coalition, there may be challenges in coordination and communication between cities with different cultures, legal systems, and political environments. There may also be challenges in ensuring consistent standards and practices across the coalition, particularly in light of the different legal frameworks and political contexts in which cities themselves operate. That's a fair point. And these differences also beg the question, either a common understanding or definition of digital rights? What about cities that are lagging in their digital environments? Are they able to benefit from the exchange of resources and learning produced by this coalition? Or can we say that this exchange only takes place among cities with similar levels of ICD development? And there is also the possibility of state governments, depending on how democratic they are, whether or not they will support their cities' work towards digital rights. These are very difficult but important questions to highlight. Indeed, we see an unequal global representation within the coalition itself and an imbalance of membership towards European cities and those in the Americas. Case in point, there is no African and Southeast Asian country yet. And especially when the coalition's purpose is to broadcast the access to digital services in all places, including in those most deprived of quality digital infrastructure services, there's always a conversation to be had about who is being left behind. Taking off from that point, its weaknesses are also related to the threats the coalition faces. For example, we still have to consider the role of state governments, depending on how democratic they are, whether or not they will support their cities' work towards digital rights. The coalition may face opposition not only from governments, but also corporations and other actors who do not support the principles of inclusive digital rights and privacy. Authoritarian or less democratic governments do not give primacy to digital rights and thus may not support such initiatives. I think being a collective of cities can also limit the extent of its action, since working at the local level is less common than national collaboration. And the importance of the work of cities to overcome inequalities of all kinds, in this case, those related to digital freedoms, must be more generalized, which requires this type of coalition to redouble its efforts to gain more legitimacy and efficiency. Moreover, the coalition's funding is also threatened by the current economic crisis, which at the same time also disrupted digitalization efforts around the world. So this poses future problems for potential members who are eager to join, but have low internet, mobile, or digital penetration rates. But you know what? At the end of the day, 
the coalition has made much progress in the field of digital rights compared to if it did not exist. The coalition nevertheless had the opportunity to build partnerships with other organizations and, and networks working on digital issues, increasing its impact and reach. The coalition can also play a key role in shaping the global conversation on digital rights and influencing national and international policy. In addition, the coalition could gain in efficiency and representation if it widened its geographical scope by including more cities on the African, Asian and Latin American continent. Yes, I like that perspective, Alex. And the coalition has plenty of opportunities to develop its network locally, nationally and globally by attracting more cities around the world, especially those where the coalition does not already intervene including lo civil, local, and international organizations or associations. It can also help integrate regional efforts in digitalization, such as the Digital V4 by Visegrad Group countries in Europe, for example. It can also tap into wider networks of projects in the Middle East, in Asia Pacific, notably Seoul, Tokyo, and Singapore City, and in Africa. Similarly, the coalition is in the best position to find ways to match leading cities with those that need more help in improving their ICT environments. And to top that, having new technologies also requires being able to match these advancements with people's trained skills on how to use them, meaning the coalition can take this as an opportunity to advocate for greater government support in digital literacy and educational purposes. So it seems like we're ending on a strong and positive note here, Alex. Now, where do we see the coalition heading? Well, the coalition has many levers to use to expand both its reach and impact and play a leading role in the digital rights movement. I believe it already does play that role and will continue to do so, but it will need to reach out to more networks of cities and partners to fully achieve its goals. Yes, exactly. And looking at the future of this coalition, we can say that it will help strengthen communities and improve citizens' daily lives through technology and digital tools. And it's not just about creating digital platforms and services but designing and developing them around human rights principles, meaning more democracy, equal access to internet services, more digital autonomy, and a sense of respect for each other, both online and offline. Yeah, at the end of the day, when we talk about the added value of city networks, the Cities Coalition for Digital Rights expanded previous definitions of a smart city with a more inclusive and people-centered approach. This coalition has strengthened not only city to re city relations, but also that of communities and expanded their capacities to lead digital transformation strategies that prioritize human rights and sustainable urbanization. And that is exactly how we can see city diplomacy in action. And even though individual cities can pursue global strategies and projects of their own, there's always strength in numbers and power in networks of cities that are committed towards the same goals. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope you learned a lot as much as we have on the Cities Coalition for Digital Rights. Again, this is Alex. And I'm Stacy. 
And we hope to see you again on the next episode of the City Diplomacy Student Podcast, available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. Thank you.